Welcome to Haunting History, the podcast that reaches back into the past for the events that still haunt us today. Tales of true crime, mystery, and the macabre. And when we're lucky, the stories were history and the people who lived it and the paranormal meet. Now who doesn't love a good ghost story, right? Welcome back to Haunting History Podcast. I'm your host, Kat. And I'm Haley. And I am Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) Did you try to sound all Dracula-like? I don't know what I'm going for this entire... I I don't know if I want to be yellow Dracula. He's trying to find his way, his character. I want to be spooky enough, but I want people to like me, so I don't feel like... It's like like the first day of school. It is, yeah, where you put on your spooky voice so all the kids want to play with you. (laughs) Yeah, that's what everyone did. Never worked for me. Yeah, Anthony joined us for two of our Halloween episodes. And to be honest, this one with this one, I'm trying to creep you out a little bit. Being that neither one of you... Well, Haley doesn't even have a boyfriend, so... You you have a wife at least. You're lovely. We're gonna wife. rub that in at yeah. least like five more times before this um, is all over. But since neither one of you have children yet, I wanted to give you some things to think about first. I've always loved Halloween, even as a kid. For as long as I can remember, the spookier the better. I loved anything creepy and macabre and you know, where's my people at? I know they're all listening right now. During the month of October, I would be glued to the TV as a kid and still now trying to find anything that was creepy or scary to watch. I remember one night my mom telling me that one of her favorite scary movies was on and that I could stay up and watch it with her. I didn't have much faith when it started that this old black and white movie would scare me, but it still kind of haunts me today when I think about it. And they redid this movie. What movie? I mean, it's The Bad Seed. I have no idea what that mm-hmm. is. You've never heard no. of it? The original was made in 1956, so it was a black and white on TV when I watched it. But I believe they've made another version of it. And I'm going to tell you the plot because, and I'm going to be totally transparent here. I copied the plot from Wikipedia because if I tried to tell you the story, it would I would ramble forever if I tried to tell you the story. It, it had, I mean, I probably watched this movie minimum 30 years ago and I it's still, and I've never watched it again. And it still has that much of an imprint on me. It was that. I was going to say, that's scary that it was that long ago. It was so creepy. And you still It was so creepy. And it's funny because it wasn't really a Halloween movie, but that's how creepy it was. Then let me tell you what it was about. Okay, this is the plot. Kenneth and Christine Penmark dote on their eight-year-old daughter, Rhoda. Now, it doesn't help that they literally casted this little creepy-ass girl in the part of Rhoda. Kenneth leaves on military duty. So the mom and daughter are alone. The Penmark's neighbor and landlady, Monica, visits and Rhoda, pristine and proper in a pinafore dress and blonde braids, tells Monica about a penmanship competition that she lost to her schoolmate, Claude Daigle. Rhoda then leaves for her school picnic at the lake. Christine is having lunch with friends when they hear on the radio that a child has drowned at the lake. The victim is the same Claude who had won the penmanship medal. Christine worries that her daughter might be traumatized, but Rhoda is unfazed by the incident and goes about her life. Like, literally, her mom tries to, like, rush to her to be like, oh, she, her classmate died. Like, how awful. And Red is like, yeah, where's my lunch? You know what I mean? Like, didn't even acknowledge it. Yeah. Yeah. This is creepy, creepy, creepy kid. Miss Fern visits, which is um, Rhoda's teacher, and tells Christine that Rhoda was the last person to see Claude alive and that she had been seen grabbing at Claude's medal. She hints that Rhoda might have had a connection to the boy's death and adds that she's not welcome at school the next year. So the teacher's creeped out by this girl too, right? Mr. and Mrs. Daggle barge in. Mrs. Daggle is distraught and drunk and accuses Rhoda's teacher of knowing something that she's not telling them. When Christine finds a medal in Rhoda's room, she demands an explanation. Rhoda lies that Claude let her have it. So the mom like goes in her room and finds the medal of the dead kid. You'd freak out, right? I feel like I'm going to throw up. Yeah, (laughs) you'd freak out. Christine's father visits 
like Rhoda's grandfather visits, and this is the best part, haunted by confusing members of her own childhood, Christine talks to her dad and reveal, he reveals to her that he's not her biological parent, that she's adopted. And get this. Upset by this revelation, Christine is horrified to learn that she's actually the daughter of a notorious serial killer. Of course she yes, is. she is. Okay, so then, just wait, just wait. Christine catches Rhoda trying to dispose of her tap shoes in the household incinerator. This is back in the days when I had incinerators. And realizes that Rhoda must have hit Claude with her shoes. So not only did this little girl kill him, she killed him with her shoes and then is trying to destroy the evidence. She's that evil, right? How old is she? She's like 10. Dear God. Yeah. So a tearful Rhoda admits that she killed the boy in order to get the medal and confirms Christine's suspicion that she had previously murdered an elderly neighbor at their old house in Wichita. So this is her second. This is her second murder. She's like 10. Yeah. Well, I may tell you true stories in a second that are going to pale in comparison. So Christine orders Rhoda to burn the shoes in the incinerator. So now Mommy Dearest is stepping in and protecting her kid, right? The next day, the caretaker... Now, he's creepy, too. Just FYI, he's creepy, too. His name is Leroy. He teases Rhoda, saying that he believed that she killed Claude, right? So Rhoda gets super mad at him. And when he opens the incinerator and finds the remains, a drunk Mrs. Daigle returns and tells Christine that she believes Rhoda knows what happened to her son. Mrs. Daigle calls and comes to pick up his wife, realizing that Leroy knows that she really did kill Claude. Like, this is like a big old scene. Rhoda set his bedding on fire. After some men break up in the basement latch, Leroy runs out into the yard aflame, ultimately burning to death. And from the window, Christine and Monica see him die. Like, they're watching. And she knows. She knows her kid did it. Like, oh now she knows she killed an old lady, then she killed a kid, and now she killed the maintenance Set guy, whatever fire. he is, right? Yeah. That night, a strangely calm Christine tells Rhoda that she dropped the metal in the lake and gives her daughter a lethal dose of sleeping pills. She then attempts to kill herself with a gunshot, but the neighbors hear it, and Rhoda and Christine are taken to the hospital. They both survive, though Christine is in a coma. Rhoda's father brings her home during a thunderstorm in the middle of the night. Rhoda sneaks out, and Christine regains consciousness and begs her husband for forgiveness. The doctor said that she'll recover. Rhoda, after sneaking out, arrives at the lake, determined to retreat. This is how bent, she's hell bent on getting that medal, right? She uses a metal pole to probe the water, but a strike of lightning bolt, like, hits her and sends her body into the water, putting an end to her evilness. No, it's a really good movie. But the story, the actual book that was written, she doesn't die. The mom dies. But she goes on to, like, live and kill. So one of those where the book came first and they made the, book the movie. Came, yes, exactly. Mm. And I think the play, they did a play on it too. Like, I don't know. I love plays. Okay, so here's the thing. I love plays, but I'm not going to go see something creepy. I don't know why. Does it seem more why real? Not? I don't know. I think it feels more real when real people are acting it out. Don't you don't think like being in a theater and having people acting that out, like it just seems creepier I just to me. wouldn't want to see something acted out by a 10 year old just kill a bunch of people right like, it's not my scene that yeah well too. the movie the movie left i mean i mean i'm not kidding it left a huge impression on me i was terrified of girls in like pigtails forever like <laughs> it it made you think about like your friends at school like are they normal or are they killing people behind your back like it stuck with me how old were you when you saw it I'm maybe 10 maybe so you were around the age of the of little the girl. girl yeah and so that's I, why you're thinking the rest of your classmates nightmares. yeah like they could all be little you could have gone to school with Rhoda. yeah i don't even know so yeah that may be best if you can watch and if you can find it it's probably on netflix or yeah, something i'll jump right on it no you should <laughs> you should go to the cosmopolitan hotel and watch <laughs> we'll that on stream netflix. the movie yeah, while there we're there yeah, yeah. It's a great date night. It's a good thing to do. That movie, book, and screenplay don't compare in real life to stories of actual child killers. Jesse Pomeroy was one of those kids. As a child, Jesse was teased for a deformity on his face. There was something 
I can't really understand it. And, and it was too old to find pictures in the 1870s, but it had something to do with like the skin grew over his eyes or something. I don't, I don't know. It had something to do with his eyes, but he had a deformity in his face. He had an alcoholic father who was very abusive and it, Jesse just didn't have much regard for life. I mean, he was picked on all the time. In 1871, reports of boys being assaulted and tortured began to surface in the town that he lived in. The attacks sadistic in nature. He would lure the young boys away with the promise of candy and money. And once alone, he would force them to strip and then he would beat and whip them until they were close to death. As time went on, his evilness increased. He started to use knives and pins on their unconscious bodies and slash and slit their faces, basically trying to create the same deformity that he had. Ultimately, he sexually assaulted them also. His mom, and this is the creepiest part. Okay, no, okay, I don't even know how to say that. It's creepy enough alone that this little boy, he was like maybe 10, killing other little boys. But for some reason, it strikes home or something that creeps me out more is his mom began to think that she began to suspect that he was involved. And instead of telling anyone, she just moved him to another town. I mean, I don't have kids and like whatever you love them like the most in the world. I don't know. But you I don't still know. wouldn't. <laughs> you do. I'm just I'm just informing you. Yes, you do. Okay, just, well, yeah. whatever. Not personal experience. But I don't know if I could be like, mm, love you so much. But like, let's go to Newtown for you to kill people. Yeah, she moved him to another city just because. I, well, I maybe too. Okay, let's give her the benefit of the doubt. She suspected that he was doing it, so she figured if they moved, she would know for sure. No, you don't. You no. don't test out your theory on I new people in new town. Since it was her son, she wanted to protect him. She didn't want yeah. him to get in trouble or anything. So let me just send you off and go live life somewhere else. But no, you need to be a sensible human being and like. How about at least have a conversation with your son? Like, hey, Sit him well, down. we don't know. Don't, we don't know. Don't we don't know. People. She could have. Hey, don't. hey, here's the thing. Don't here's kill the people. Clean your room and stop killing people. Yeah, <laughs> it's that easy. Or you will be grounded. That's yeah. it. Like, yeah. There's, we could have put rules on it. You well, know, it could have been stopped. So, so instead of having this, you know, conversation from the two childless people in the room, um, whose advice <laughs> I feel be great parenting, no like. one should take. Um, instead of doing that, she just moved to another town, kind of trying to figure out if, if it was him or not. And then, of course, in the new town that they lived in, the attacks started there and stopped in the old town. We're all shocked. Yeah, right. <laughs> The attack started again, and one boy, Robert Gould, who was found tied to a telephone pole, was able to describe his attacker explaining the deformity, which kind of just confirmed for a fact who was doing it. Jesse was put away in a reformatory until he was like 15. Like, it wasn't really that long. His protective mother, she literally did everything she could to get him out of the inform reformatory. Some say that she even resorted to basically sleeping, her, sleeping with government agents, trying to get her murdering son out of prison or well, reformatory when he was finally released she she um started her own business she had left the abusive husband or maybe blaming him i don't know she started her own business as a dressmaker and got her own place to live so when he got out he was um, living with her and a nine-year-old girl went missing the last place that she had been seen was the store where jesse worked at and later after he was arrested again and it was this huge thing she had moved out of her dressmaking shop and they found the little girl's remains in the basement of the dressmaking shop. He finally confessed to the murder, saying he couldn't help it. Later in life, he would amend his confession and alternately maintain his innocence and claimed insanity and then said he wasn't scared, wasn't, you know, wasn't crazy and he didn't do it and then he did do it, but he was insane. Initially sentenced to death by hanging, he was saved when a governor um, refused to sign the death warrant 
for the teenage boy. So instead, he spent the rest of his life in prison, ultimately dying of natural causes at a hospital for the criminally insane at the age of 71. Uh, he's in there for a while. Yo, he was in there his whole life, 14 to 15 to basically 10 yeah. to 71. Wow. That's what you get. Bridgeport. That's it's true. in Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> if only mom would have just talked to him. <laughs> she only would have grounded him, like you guys said. She only would have set some boundaries. You know, all that's we need a, is some yeah, boundaries. That's a good parent. What is it? She if she would have just distracted him. Yeah. It, it would have it would have been completely fine. Like here's a big Give the boy bat. an iPad, you know? No. Yeah. Solves all Although our problems. Although I think back then <laughs> I don't know how well the iPads worked. Yeah, I don't know. A court order that permanently protects the identity of someone is known as a Mary Bell order. Why Mary Bell? I'll tell you why. Mary Flora Bell was born in 1957. Now, this wasn't that long ago, 1957, when you really think about it. She was born to a 17-year-old prostitute by the name of Betty. Growing up, she was sexually abused. Now, and they say they, they, they believe that sexual abuse started as early as three or four. She's a baby. She was a baby. Yeah, and they said that, that her mom would use her sexually with her Johns. She would, like, prostitute out her four-year-old daughter. No one can see your face. No one can see. (laughs) Haley. My jaw is on the floor. Neither one of you have anything to say this time. Well, it's gross because one, as the mom, you obviously should not be doing that. But two, the other side, the guys or whoever's. Right. Who are these Johns? How are you? Yeah. Yeah. It's a four-year-old girl. Yeah. What is wrong with you? I mean, she grew up, they were very poor and clearly they were like uneducated and and they were products of their life, basically. And um, family accounts say that Betty would feed Mary as a baby sleeping pills like candy. And one time she, quote unquote, accidentally dropped her from a window when she was a baby. Accidentally. Accidentally dropped her from a window. Like just so like Jesse, Mary had little regard for human life. On May twenty fifth, nineteen sixty eight, the day she was before she, she was turning eleven, so she's ten years old, Mary broke into a nursery with a friend and savagely strangled a four year old boy. She left a note claiming responsibility though. Like she said, I did this. Hey, it was me. Um yeah. And then the police dismissed it as a prank. They thought that the note was a prank. Not not the death of the baby, obviously. But Oh, they thought the note the saying, note Hey, I did prank. it was yes, a prank. They thought that was a prank. And the thing is, is it's a very, 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 very poor neighborhood. And to be honest, the police probably just didn't pay that much attention. Probably not. The boy that she strangled was also an orphan. So it wasn't like there was any family fighting to find out what happened. So she's 10, right, when this happens. Just a couple months later, she turned 11 the next month. And then a couple months later, she went with the same friend to the same nursery, this like orphanage place, and strangled another boy named Brian Howe. And this time, though, like she strangled him and then left. And then she went back and used a pair of scissors and carved an M on his stomach, mutilated his genitals, scratched his legs, and cut off all his hair. Like she went back. How how fucked up is that little girl? That's just straight up sick. Like just, I'm I'm listening to you say this, and I can't and came even yeah believe that another human would do this to another and to human. a baby. Yeah, to a baby. Yeah, she's only ten. She was finally acquitted of manslaughter. She was acquitted of manslaughter on the grounds of this legal mumbo jumbo bullshit called diminished responsibility. Some of the psychiatrics and the in that had interviewed her and talked to her, believed that the fall she took as a child at the hands of her mother damaged her prefrontal cortex, which is the area that voluntary movements and decision-making are done. And they said that she didn't basically know what she was doing. But that seems awfully planned out that she would kill this baby, well, kill two babies, two babies, let's say two. And then the second one, she left, came back, and carved her initials. Yeah, there's a little more. She knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing, yeah. The law named after her 
has ultimately protected her and her daughter today. She ended up getting out of prison at 23, I think. Had a daughter. And if you're interested in more about this case in general, I mean, it kind of goes on for a while. There's a woman who wrote a book. Her name's Geta Sereny. And she wrote a book called The Case of Mary Bell. And I'll link it on her episode page. The press and stuff were fascinated by her, of course, because they like anything sensational back then as they do now. And uh, she wanted to be protected. So like, it's why like, Juveniles nowadays, their files are locked. You can't access them. But she was able to like even change her name and her daughter's name, and there was no way that anybody would find out what it... So she could go on and live her life. She killed two babies, and by 23, she was out having her own child and living her life. And I read that just really recently. In the 2000s, sometimes she became a grandmother. Wow. Yeah. Did but it pass she, on the serial killer gene? We or? will never know because we'll never be able to connect her name because... She they changed have, it. Yeah, they have her protected. They have, I don't I, I don't think that you get to be protected. I mean, there are going to be people that argue with me, but I don't think a murderer, whether you're 10 or you're 30, you, you murder people, you don't get to be protected. I don't get that. It doesn't matter what age. Right? I, know, I don't get it. But if you're interested in her story, there's a shit ton more about her and her life after prison. Whatever you can't find on the internet, there's uh, that book. And then I think there's four more written about it. Now, this one hits close to home as my family lives in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Just before 10 a.m. on a sunny Wisconsin day, two detectives, Michelle Trissoni and Tom Casey, got a call over the radio that a young girl had been found stabbed and laying on the side of the road. Now, we've been to Wisconsin, particularly Waukesha and Pewaukee, which is like right next to it, right? Have you ever been to Wisconsin? No, never been. Never? No. It's it's a nice place. I've never it's really pretty. been to the Midwest. I've been to Tennessee. Actually, just got back last week. You, but yeah. that's a little... Uh, it's far more south than Wisconsin. You, I feel like it's just too cold for me. Yes, that's my whole thing. area. 100%. And yeah. there's bugs in August. Oh, is there? I'm not a fan of Wisconsin. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that cold. No. And I want to move to Tennessee really bad. It's like my dream place to so move. So let's talk after move. this. Okay, Because, yeah, I, I have a lot of homes looking that we're looking at. Are we you really? neighbors. Yeah. No, that's amazing. We're yeah. at, where in Tennessee? In uh, Franklin. Franklin. Yeah. Mount Juliet. Mount Brentwood. Juliet. Yes, those are our yes. favorite. Okay. Yes. I so, want to move there. Haley, write down that we need to talk about this. Okay, after. I want to move there super bad. And it's only an eight-hour drive to my sister. So when I, that, I already wanted to move there. But then when I found out that, like, my best friend lives in Wisconsin, too, that it's only an eight-hour drive, an hour and 24-minute flight. That's what's so crazy about living I mean, there. Is it's just a couple hour drive to like a different state. In California, yeah. it's you have to drive forever to get to wherever you want to go. Yeah. And so I'm super excited. Yeah. I, I but speaking about Waukesha, Wisconsin, though, it's it's really people probably don't even lock their front doors. It's just a really quaint place. My mom's the hospital that my mom was in was in Waukesha. Mm-hmm. It's just a little town. We went to their Friday night. Um, they have like an old town. They have like an old town. Yeah. Like, on Fridays. Yeah. Not during COVID, obviously, but it's. It's just a really cute place. So for this to happen there had to be a shock for the people that live there. And my niece told me last night that her best friend lived right across the street from the little girl in the story. Oh, wow. I yeah. hate, You've probably heard the story. It's the worst. So um, buckle up. Yeah, buckle up. Okay. Another reason not to have kids. In 2014, the Slender Man, who is a fictional character, created was created as an internet meme. Did you have a picture I of see him? it. Yes. Yeah. This character here? Yes. One of he these has guys? arms like tentacles. See the one? The oh, picture? this one. Oh, yes. Yeah. He's super tall, no face. Yeah. And he has arms that just come dresses out. Dresses well. Yeah, dresses well. Yeah. But yeah. No. He's very tall, very thin, faceless man in a black suit. He was developed through a thread on a forum. And I'm kind of scared how many people don't know who Slender Man is. So put hit pause and Google it on your phone. He was founded on a um, forum that asked users to edit everyday photographs to appear paranormal. 
The reach of this fictional character had gotten so far enlarged that it reached 12-year-old Anissa Weir in Morgan Geyser. They told police that they wanted to prove their loyalty to him and become his followers. The two girls believed that he was real and said they stabbed their classmate, her, her name was Peyton Lautner, 19 times to protect their families from harm. This is all because they followed this whole Slenderman character. Afterwards, they believed that they would become his servants and live in his mansion. Peyton survived the attack from her friends and crawled out of the woods where she was found. She was able to tell the police exactly who her attackers were. Obviously, thank God she lived. The girls were found hours later. They said five. they had walked for five hours on the side of a freeway, tired, dirty, and stained with blood. Detectives Tassoni and Casey, who interviewed the girls, were confused when Morgan Geyser calmly spoke with the police for hours. Casey is quoted as saying, she's at a police department, she's covered in blood, and it's as if it's a normal day for her. Morgan Geyser asked the police what happened to Bella. She called Peyton Bella, the girl's nickname. I don't know why Bella, but that's what they called her. She asked the police, is she dead? I'm just wondering, she said. She didn't even care. Casey mentioned that it didn't seem really concerning to Morgan if her friend was dead or alive. She went on to say, I might as well just say it. We were trying to kill her, Geyser said. She explained that they attempted their murder to appease whoever Anissa was talking about. She made it seem necessary. This is going to get me arrested, isn't it? The girls together planned to murder their friend for six months. Six months. They were 11 and a half. That's insane. Planning to kill their friend so that they could go live in the fictional castle or mansion of a fictional character. Like, I think they were dropped on their heads. How many of you, like, how many, like, scale of one to 10, how much do you guys want to have kids now? I mean, I, I mean, I'll have kids that aren't allowed to have cell phones or contact with the outside world. That's right. Yeah, they <laughs> boundaries. Just remember, stay in their room. Yeah. Well, funny thing is, the parents, both the parents of Anissa Weir and Morgan Geyser, sit, claim one hundred percent that there was no red flags that their girls were batshit killers. Okay. Well, I've coached the Youth of America for a long time, and these parents. The parents have more clues than the kids, right? Oh, it's out of control. I right? say it makes me re- like think, how involved are you in your kids' lives? Zero. Zero percent. You don't know. Yeah. I mean, guess maybe that's it. In December of 2017, Weir was sentenced to be committed to a psychiatric hospital for 25 years. Geyser, age 15 at the time, pleaded guilty to attempted first-degree murder. That plea was part of an agreement in which Geyser entered the plea and then wait for the judge to find her not guilty by reason of mental decency disease or defect, meaning she was ultimately not held responsible for the attack. In February 2018, Geyser was sentenced to spend 40 years in a mental health unit. Those are children, children murderers. And I only picked three. There's a million out there. That's what's really scary. There's actually books called Children Who Murder. Like there's... How do we not hear more about this stuff? Maybe it doesn't I watch happen. the news constantly. I yeah, know it's well, terrible. Because, no, but it's because of, it's the decided what you're going to hear on the news. Maybe it's not things like this. These stories and so many other true and oftentimes are results of childhood abuse or mental illness. And it's horrible to think of a child as frightening. Like, I don't like that feeling of being afraid of a kid. But what got me thinking about these stories is seeing the shit online that kids do and say. They say kids say the darndest things and sometimes those darn things are creepy AF. Innocently, or so we hope so. Either way, I scoured the internet, mostly Twitter and Reddit, for the creepiest things kids say. Before we get to that, take a listen to some promos from our podcast friends. Hey y'all, I'm Brandon Hall, the host of Music City 911, a podcast that listens to and reviews real 911 calls. Me and my guests are all real 911 dispatchers. Myself with 20 years of experience. In the podcast, we talk about the good, the bad, and the dark side of 911 dispatching. And we do get dark. 911. 
dispatcher emergency. I just shot everybody right now. You just shot everybody? How many people did you shoot? Uh, three. Four, five, 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 You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we're available to listen to on all podcast platforms. Music City 911. Real 911 calls. Real 911 dispatchers. I'm Eve Lazarus, and I'm excited to introduce you to my new podcast, Cold Case Canada. This first season is based on my book, Cold Case Vancouver, The City's Most Baffling Unsolved Murders. When I started doing the research for Cold Case Vancouver, I was shocked to find that there are literally hundreds of unsolved murders in Vancouver, some dating back several decades. The victims are essentially invisible now, forgotten by everyone except their family and friends. I wanted to write a book that would help to change that, to tell the stories of their lives and not just of their murders. The stories in the book and in this podcast are of women, children, there's a gay man, a missing couple, and a 15-year-old boy whose murder went cold and then was solved by Mr Big Sting five years later. These are all people who are in the wrong place at the wrong time. Because police won't discuss unsolved murders, I've interviewed retired police detectives who worked on these files. I've talked to the family and friends of the victims. I've looked at the forensics and I've followed the police investigation. After spending several years investigating, I'm convinced that many of these cases can still be solved. You can find Cold Case Canada on Podbean, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I literally found these everywhere. If you are entertained by them, a quick Google search will give you thousands. I mean thousands. That that tells you how creepy right kids there. are right there. Maybe you don't have to look that far. Maybe the Darlene in the car seat behind you has said something that made your spine tingle. Some of these are funny, some not so much. Okay, here's one. My three-year-old daughter stood next to her newborn brother and looked at him for a while, then turned and looked at me and said, Daddy, it's a monster. We should bury it. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> so that, I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> I mean, would you laugh if it was your kid that said that? You'd be like, let's go up. I would laugh if she stopped at monster. Daddy, it's a monster. Right. Haha, <laughs> okay, not... We should bury it. That, that like takes it to a whole new level. Okay. That's the kid you drop off at the fire station, whether they're four or 15. You're like, do you, are you still taking kids? It's yours now. Yeah. Good, Haley. My three-year-old niece told my wife to dance in the middle of the room while she hid in the closet, watching through the crack in the door. <laughs> that one was hard to even get through. Where, but like the thing about the kids saying this stuff is like, where'd you get it from? Right. Like where, like mm-hmm. it comes from somewhere. Well, and that's so like, when, is someone watching you from the crack in a door? Like, right. what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, that's odd. Go ahead, Anthony. When my little sister was younger, she used to walk around the house with a picture frame with a picture of my great grandpa on her hands crying and saying, I miss you, Harvey. Harvey had died before I was even born. Other than this common occurrence, my mom told me that she would constantly say things that my great grandma Lucy would say. Right there. That. Right. That's like, right? I have goosebumps. Do you really? Yeah, stuff like that before, like someone was even born to know the what whole to reincarnation. Say. Yeah. I'm fascinated by that, though. That's that's, that's on Haley's top ten of fascinations, like UFOs 
and kids talking about being reincarnated. Ooh, I want to talk UFOs later. Oh, because I I'm have a good lot of theories on UFOs. Love lots of UFOs. Yeah. I seen. I'm terrible because my husband will like see something in the backyard. Because you, I don't know when you saw when you came in. Our views. I didn't get the tour yet. Oh, our views. I jumped right in here, ready Freaking, to get yeah, down to business. Like, yeah, go. I'm like, let's hey, let's do this. I know how to do this. Um, we have this amazing view. So like, we have this view of the sky, and like every other night, he's like, what, what the hell's that? And he will tell me like, babe, come look at this, and I'm like, nope, can't. Like I'll look. Down. I can't. I can't. I don't want to know if aliens are amongst us or they're flying around our skies. Be safe. Whatever. Blessed be you. Whatever. I don't want to fucking see you. I don't want to know that you're here. Just the thought. No, I don't know. Look, we have three months left at 2020. Yeah, I, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's within these it's next up couple of months. It really is. I know. Go ahead, Anthony. You do the next one. Mommy, the man, the very big man with big yellow eyes is looking at you. I look. Nothing. I tell her there is no man and he is make-believe. My son laughs. Oh, he's hiding now. Two minutes later. Oh, no, Mommy. You made him very mad. Now he says he will come when you are sleeping. Little asshole. Get Seriously. out of the house, no. you <laughs> stupid kid. No, that's not okay. That, that one's that's not, not okay. That's not okay. No. That one and... No. No, no, no. I didn't want to talk about it. Nope. This one, my, when my son was young, he came and climbed into bed with us crying. I asked him what was wrong. He said the big fat man with a bloody hole in his head kept trying to open his window. Okay. Nope. That's when you move. I just, that's when you go to Tennessee. You seriously, that's, that's I just don't know what. View or no view, I'm out. That's it. What, like realistically though, what do you say to your kid when they say something like that to you? I think you just start crying. Like certain things, like you don't have to be a parent anymore. You could literally just lose your shit and all's forgiven. Like, go ahead, do the next one. That's scary. This one's funny, though. When my sister was four, she walked by my bed and saw scissors. She stopped, looked back at them, and then said, you know, I could chop your head off with these. Good night. <laughs> Sweet dreams. <laughs> Ew. See, either you love that kid or you just freaking just make sure her door's locked when you go to bed at night. Like one or the other. Bolted closed. Yeah. yeah. My daughter and I went for a walk through a cemetery while we waited for my son to finish his piano lessons next door. She stopped dead in the middle of the graveyard, pointed at a pointed at a grave spaced out and said this is where you're going to sleep forever <laughs> for little, little shithead had it had forever this is where you're that's gonna terrible sleep forever though i mean i mean they're, it, they're not wrong like seriously eventually one day you will be there forever Smart yeah, kid. i think someone would forgive you if you went to the fire department and said here just keep them like i'm not no you play hot potato with that you have kid. no Nobody idea what it. he just freaking said to me lady like just take him yeah ew go I walked into the bathroom to get my four-year-old out of the bath, and she quietly said, Mom, all of my toys are dead. I held them under the water, and now they're dead. She then whispered over and over again, dead in the water, dead in the water, dead in the water. That's not, okay. No, that's, that one's bad, that one's. But that's like another thing where I'm like, where did you get that from? How do you know that if you go underwater, you're going to die? A no, that's doesn't a know really that. good point. That's a very good point. They had to have watched something or... Because you don't just come up with that on your own. No. No, but that's where you're just like tapped out. Like, I'm mommy's having a drink. Get your shit out of the bathtub. Get in bed. Like, get yourself out of the bath. I'm and done. Deal. Yeah. I'll yeah. see you tomorrow. I was in a grocery store and walked by a mother with her five-year-old. The little boy smiled and waved, so I smiled and waved back. Then he said, you should eat your friends for dinner. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You should eat your friends for dinner. That's what we do. <laughs> 
Now, this totally could have been taken out of context. Maybe. Maybe he was saying something else. Right. Maybe the kid doesn't like to eat, so the mom makes some dino nuggets or something and calls it, look, these are your friends. May have right. them go in your mouth. Like, I, I don't okay, know. parenting. I get that. That's what I would do as a parent. Yeah. I'd say some weird stuff like that. To get yeah. But I mean, what do you say to the kid? Like, if some kid says that to you in the you story, just you're, keep walking. You just, you're there to get groceries. You're not there to lady. make friends. Yeah, I'm sorry. Especially not with the one that eats those friends for dinner. Have Damn we right. ever talked on the podcast about. Um, the little kid that said something really creepy to you? Uh, I don't think so. You never told that story? I don't Does think Anthony so. know the story? I don't think so. Go Why didn't you, you tell me this? I don't Go know. Ahead. Tell the story. It was, I was at Chipotle. It was on my birthday. And you know Chipotle during lunchtime is crazy crowded. So I go through the line, get my burrito bowl, whatever. And I start to leave and I realize I forgot a fork. So I'm like, do I go back? Do I get the fork? Do I just get one at home? Like I don't want to deal with the crowd. I decided, wrong, wrong decision, to go back and get a fork and as I'm grabbing it, this little kid runs up to me and he looks me dead in the eyeballs. It's my birthday. I'm at Chipotle. He looks me dead in the eyeballs and says, she wanted me to tell you happy birthday. And I was like, huh? Like what? Like I didn't even register what he was saying to me at first. And then the dad comes running up behind him. Like it's like he does this all the time. Like the dad's like, oh, I'm so sorry. He just like says the craziest things. Like it's like ushering him away. Like don't talk to my kid. You're going to think he's crazy. And I like was so stunned. I couldn't even get words together to be like, who who says happy birthday like i it was so insane and he just i don't know how to, he looked me because he, he repeated it. it twice yeah i think so but he said it like he, he had a business to tell me that and then he was like off in la la land again he came up to me so matter of fact she says happy birthday and then you could tell like his wheels stopped turning and he was just thinking about other things like just didn't care the fact that he said the words happy birthday she says right. happy birthday if he were to come and say she says blah 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 whatever cute sure Fine. yeah yeah be like yeah that's okay, I know. Weirdo, but like, get out of here yeah the fact that he said happy birthday on my birthday and my mom had just passed away just a few months before that and on your birthday the first phone call that you get on your birthday anybody in my family mm-hmm. is my mom mm-hmm. doesn't matter who you are first phone call on your birthday is from my mom i wasn't wearing oh. like a birthday sash i wasn't it no one else knew it was my birthday yeah so that's who the she was wild Wait, crazy huh and the dad was concerned that i was gonna like think it was weird and obviously i thought it was weird but i was also like tell me more but right. the dad ran up behind him and was like oh so sorry like he just and you didn't the know these people things. you know the no. kid didn't know the no. dad no and then no when she got outside they were gone that's see and i believe in that kind of stuff right that's there, crazy where that's one of she those... called me she didn't even start driving she called me before she even left the parking lot and i i, I had to have stood in the middle of chipotle for like five minutes after and being like what Am I being pranked? Like, what is going on? That's what that was. That was her saying it happy birthday to you. Yeah, and then they, then you well, and the fact again. that he said, the dad said he, and he, I can't remember what the dad said, but he said something like, it wasn't just that he says, a, he says he said, he says he hears things. Yeah, That's what it was. something. He said, but he was like, sorry, apologetic. he said, he said, he, like, I'm sorry, he said he, he, he always says he hears things. That's and, what it and was. And like, sorry, he just says like, and just like ushered him off like, so, so sorry. And I'm like, okay, it's fine, but like, also what? I'm gonna let him keep going. Yeah, I'm gonna find this kid. The the but like weirder than him saying it is he came to me with a mission to say it, and then he was a young kid again thinking about like monster trucks. He wasn't. It It wasn't wasn't connected. Part of his like normal day. You know what I mean? Does that when when something like that happens to you? Does that kind of freak you out, or does it kind of bring you some comfort knowing that? That's so weird that you asked me that. Okay, so me freaks me the fuck out. Like, really? Yeah. Freaks. Just, I can't even describe it. Like, I started crying because I was thinking maybe it was my mom because I was still mourning my mom for sure. It was mm-hmm. only a few months mm-hmm. later. And 
it was my first thought. My f- initial thought when it when it happened was, oh my God, was that my mom? And so I called my sister. And my sister, I thought she would be like me, like kind of freaking out and crying. And she's like, that's beautiful. That was mom, you know? Yeah. Like for her, it brought comfort. For me, it brought a million thousand questions like, mm-hmm. oh, why the fuck doesn't she happen more than to me? Like why? Yeah. <laughs> like Here's- it was just a billion thoughts going through my head. It was not comforting to me. It freaked me out. My sister, she's like, that was beautiful. That was my, that was mom. I was going to say, hearing the story right off the bat sounds weird, but then when you tailing that on, I'm like, oh, okay, that kind of, I get it now, and it's almost, right. yeah, it kind of brings, to me, thinking about it, kind of that sense of comfort, knowing like she's still, she's still here. There. Yeah. But is, see, and I think that's where my brain doesn't stop. Like, why is she still here? And why is she picking and choosing what she's saying? Like, is she struggling? Like, did she find this kid, like, in the Ghost Whisperer? Do you ever watch a Ghost mm-hmm. Whisperer show? So, like, is my mom struggling, sitting there waiting to find someone to see her and hear her that can tell us crap? You know, like, that makes me sad. So, my brain doesn't just stop at, like, or my sister's very matter-of-fact about everything just in general in life. And she is more like, that's beautiful. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. My brain goes to, like, oh, my God, is my mom, like, struggling to reach out to us? Is she trying to tell us stuff? And we're not seeing it. We're not believing it. We're not feeling it. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. But yeah, that is crazy that happened. But I totally, I fully 100% believe that was her talking to you saying happy birthday. Yeah. Yeah, Without a doubt. Uh, The next one is the other morning I woke to my head in my two-year-old's lap. He was stroking my face and hair and smiled at me. I said, good morning, baby boy. And he smiled and said, just uh, just a kiss goodbye, mommy. I woke up pretty quickly after that. (laughs) Just a kiss goodbye. That is one thing, like I have to say, like out of the three of you kids, I don't think you've ever said creepy shit like we have a friend whose kid says creepy shit i don't think my kids ever did that but i do know one night cameron said goodbye instead of good night and dad and i freaked out so bad neither one of us went to sleep we're like who's dying yeah. me you him like we pinched him all night to make sure he was still alive like he insisted we're like no you say good night and he's like no goodbye and we're like you Shit. We never, I swear to God, we didn't sleep that night. That's, I wouldn't either. Because I'm out of the blue, like that normally it's good night, but yeah, you're going to goodbye. Are you, why are you insisting? Like he was just an asshole, I think. I'm not certain. Could but to mess with He you. just wanted to mess yeah, with you. He probably did. He's maybe like four or five, but I know very clearly we did not sleep. Go ahead, Anthony. Don't die, mommy. I wasn't planning on it, babe. It already happened before. What? Before you were my mommy. That's that's the reincarnated thing. That's yeah, that's right. Isn't that so right fascinating? There. Yeah, I mean, because he says it's already happened before. It's the past life, man, yeah. comes back. You do the next one, Haley. I was with my sister, her husband, and their two-year-old daughter. We were talking about loved ones that had recently passed. My father had died sometime recently. My brother-in-law went and grabbed a picture of his mother, who had died in a car crash when he was six, to show me. When my niece saw the picture, though, she started laughing. We asked her what was so funny, and she looked at us and said, that's my special friend who sings to me. Mm. She sees dead people. Mm-hmm. Yep. See, you're okay with that if it's a little kid, but if it's an adult, you don't, you're not buying it. No, I'm not. I don't, I don't know. It's, I, you know, I teeter on the line. It's, ar- it's arbitrary. You. you just pick and choose. Go yep. ahead, Anthony. Walking past an old cemetery, my then three-year-old son casually said, my brother is in there. When I reminded him that he didn't have a brother, he said, no, mama, from before, when the other lady was my mama. Oh, my God. do you love these, though? Like, is it is it confirming something, at, or is it confirming that kids are jackasses? Like, are they I, all just trying to creep us the I fuck out? I can't see a like, kid making that up, trying to creep us like out. He was with something serious. Like, that. like, it sounds like a pretty stern, just 
that line right there when the other lady was my mommy. What kid says that? I don't know. Like I would so do one of those like past life regressions or whatever where like there's people who specialize in figuring out what your past life was. I would so do that. You would do that now or you're saying if your kid said something creepy as fuck? I would do it now, but then I would probably also drag my kid there if he was saying creepy stuff like that. (laughs) I'd be like, you know what, let's let's figure this out. That's That would be insane. But they do. They say kids can like will recognize the type of plane for a plane that they've never seen before or recognize a person or know things like that they could not possibly have learned at their age. But I don't because, know. but it, they say it happens to young kids because it's closer to your past life. Well, you like were we just, were just reborn. Yeah, yeah. We were, right before the story we were talking about how like they say there's a, a veil between this world and the other world and when you're a kid the veil's not solid yet. It's just a veil and they still feel and know things from the past and who knows? Who knows? This one, go ahead, Anthony, you do this one. My sister got hit by a drunk driver in April and it totaled her car. She had my four-year-old nephew and my infant niece with her. When my mom arrived at the hospital, my nephew asked her if he would thank the big guys. What big guys, Caden? Grammy, the big guys that were in the car with me when it got loud and scary. They hugged me with their arms and kept me safe. Even the insurance adjuster cannot explain how either child escaped with not a scratch. Right? That's I mean, angels. That's, that's not Oh, just, without a doubt, that's angels. That's you, have, angels. you have somebody looking out for you. That's amazing. I love that. I mean, you see all these like different stories. I recently had a friend whose sister was involved in a huge car crash and like the car rolled and it's like there was no top left of the car and everybody made it out alive. They were in the hospital, but they came out, they came out of it. They were alive. They were good. So, so you think someone like... Oh, I think without it. I mean, looking at the photos of that, you sit there and think, oh. How do you survive that? Oh, like nothing. who, who yeah. died in that car? Yeah. Like, nope, nobody. See, and then my brain starts thinking like, who are who are your angels? Are your angels people you know? Like, is it my mom or my dad? Or is it... Complete strangers? Random. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think people say how like guardian angels are just assigned to you. Mm-hmm. There's a whole world out there that people like dive into stuff like that. It's all very interesting. That well, they they said that you have angel guides, or you have what do they call? Are they called angel guides or something else? I think that's the same as like a guardian angel, right? I, I don't so. know. I'm curious if it's. I don't know. I have a friend that sees the same sequence of numbers all the time, and he looked into it one time, and it like had said that you're those are your numbers. So when you see those things, it, pay it's, attention. Yeah, to pay attention because there's something that someone's trying to tell you. Your like spirit guides are trying to tell you something. Ooh. And so wait, okay, so. Shit, we have a lot of people around us. We have spirit guides, guardian angels, and then the spirit guide. The spirit guides, guardian angels, and like your family who's kicked the bucket. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people. And aliens. And UFOs. I don't want to talk about the alien thing. I'm about ready to ask it beamed up and taken to a different planet. Just so to, I mean Oh glad yeah, let me pack I'm my open stuff. To it. Let me yeah, let me yeah. try something else somewhere. Yeah, yeah. somewhere else. If the aliens away. are listening. I am ready. Yeah. Just want to let you know. <laughs> Take her first and then she'll yeah, tell then me how she'll it let is. Us and then, know how it and is. then we'll go. I'll let yeah. you all know good. how it goes. Halloween time is the best time to scare yourself. Like Jack Skellington says, just because I can't see it, it doesn't mean I can't believe it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Haunting History Podcast. We love hearing from you, so be sure to follow and comment on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Haunting History Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to all your favorites. Visit our website at hauntinghistorypodcast.com for more information on each episode and links to our Patreon page and all our social media platforms. 
Until next time, I'm Kat. I'm Haley. And remember, the living are far scarier than any ghost. <laughs>